Hi, this is Lana Lynn Marino, and welcome to another episode of Wellness Journeys. I'm an intuitive therapist and energy healer and counsellor, and I'm here to give you guidance and support in challenging times. So this episode today, I'm going to talk more about soul retrieval. And in my last episode, I spoke about um, a book that I'm reading, Sandra Ingerman's book, Soul Retrieval, Mending the Fragmented Self. And what this book tells you, it talks a lot about how parts of our soul can be lost through experiences that we've had. So with the current revival of shamanism and shamanic healing, we're at last beginning to recognize, she goes on to say, the spiritual and psychological value of much that our ancestors knew. Indeed, we are learning not only to respect this great storehouse of ancient human knowledge, but also to understand its potential importance to our own well-being and health. We of the civilized world, Sandra goes on to say, often tend to dismiss the strange beliefs of tribal peoples as superstitions or prehistoric curiosities with no relevance to our own lives. Certainly the widespread tribal belief in soul loss as a major factor in illness has typically fallen into this category. Even the least ethnocentric anthropologist have been hard put to view this concept as anything more than an archaic cultural artifact. And I spoke in the last session about a lady that I will call Mary, who I met on a trip, a recent trip I took to Turkey. And the interaction that we had and what I perceived to be a trauma that was embedded in her life, in her body, Um, as I looked at her and I watched her and I got to know her a little bit, I could see that she was traumatized from a long time ago. Making the connection with our soul, what's the difference between our soul and our spirit? And just to say that I cannot proclaim to have all the answers. I have never really examined the depth of soul work. The work that I do, the work that I, I, I the way I work is um, mostly through intuition. So it's trusting my guidance when I hear that voice. If I'm working with an individual, that tells me one thing. I might think from my logic brain something else and want to go a different route. But I always come to an understanding of accepting and trusting the outcome. Examples of soul loss, what Sandra goes on to talk about, although the term soul loss may be unfamiliar to us, examples of it are well known under other names. A beloved spouse, child or friend dies and the survivor also deadens for a while. We feel as if the light is gone from our existence, as if we are sleepwalking, or we return from having major surgery and do not feel as if we have come fully out of the anesthesia. A client who had been involved in a serious automobile accident reported feeling being spaced out. A person involved in an abusive, intimate relationship may be aware of being locked into destructive patterns but feel too weak and powerless to move away. 
or in, re- or in leaving the relationship, he or she might feel as though something was left behind with the partner. After a workshop, Sandra goes on to say, a student of hers said that since breaking up with her boyfriend, she felt as though a part of me is still with him. The soul may leave a child who does not feel loved or who feels abandoned by his or her parents. In one of my clients, she goes on to say, soul loss was caused by a parent's continual yelling. In another, by the physical pain of falling off a bicycle. The soul might leave the body to survive physical or sexual abuse. In each of these cases, the traumatized person literally escapes to survive the ordeal being sickly as a child or suffering serious or chronic illness can often indicate soul loss. Literature is full of out-of-body experiences in the wake of illness or accident. Less seriously, many of us have had the experience of receiving some jolt whereby a part of us seemed to spin out of conscious reality for a while. Shock is the word usually used to describe this condition. The reaction is normal and in itself no cause for alarm, but often, for reasons we don't fully understand, the part of the self that left fails to return. What are the results? Quotes, I'm not all here, one of my clients said. Sandra goes on to say, a part of me observes with my mind, but I don't connect with emotional feelings. Persons experiencing soul loss frequently say that they feel fragmented in some way or that an essential part of themselves is missing. This describes a person who is dissociated. In clinical terms, dissociation is the separation of whole segments of the personality from the mainstream of consciousness and can result in feelings of estrangement and depersonalization. Another sign of soul loss is a gap in memory. She often works with men and women who have no memory of their lives from age 7 through to 9 or 12 through 14. Or a person may recall that there was a trauma but can't remember the surrounding details. She goes on to say that she once worked with a man who broke his arm and had no memory of feeling any pain at the time of the incident. Breaking an arm hurts. It hurts a lot. From a shamanic point of view, the part of the client that couldn't handle the pain simply left. She worked with a woman who knew she was an incest survivor, but was unclear about the experience and could remember no details, including the act itself. She had spent years in psychotherapy trying to recapture the memories, but the part of herself that held the memories had left, so the information was not available to her. Chronic depression is another symptom of soul loss. Often the fragmentation of a person's essential being keeps him or her from being able to create a path of joy. Life is spent exploring ways, often abusive ways, to get to feelings and experiences that create a sense of purpose however false. Instead of being able to follow the soul's journey, such a person often feels depressed and unfulfilled. When a divorce or a death occurs, a period of grief usually ensues. After a while, life resumes some semblance of normality. If a person cannot get over the emotional trauma of separation, a red flag will go up for Sandra as she speaks here. And she says, has a piece of the self been lost? 
physical illness can also be a symptom of soul loss. Often when we give away our power, we become ill because the universe cannot stand the void. If we are missing pieces of ourself, an illness might fill in that place. Coma is an extreme example of soul loss. In some way, most of us experience some degree of soul loss. Some people have been more deeply traumatized by life. They may seem quite dispirited. Life has been kinder to others. They may not have needed to protect themselves so completely. Regardless of the degree of trauma, however, most people I know, she goes on to say, yearn for a fuller sense of vitality and connectedness to life. Soul retrieval is for everyone who wants to deepen his or her connection to self, to loved ones and to the earth. So that's from the book written by Sandra Ingerman. Um, and she's she's wrote this book called Soul Retrieval. And I'm not sure if you can still get it. I'm not sure if it's still um, in, you can get it if it's still in publication. And it's Mending the Fragmented Self. And just reading that, it reminds me of people that I've worked with that have serious illnesses like ME or MS. And it makes sense to me as an energy healing therapist when I look at their story and they can be addicted to the medication that has been prescribed to them. And this is where we start to lose trust in our intuitive self and we start to lose trust in the ability to heal ourselves by reconnecting. And it makes sense that the victim becomes the perpetrator or the victim can remain the victim in which case sometimes that victim can internalize that pain and feel that it's not worth it. I call it pain over peace, pop. Um, and within that, I like to look at the child self. So a lot of my work really begins with looking at the child and where the trauma began. When I look at spiritual evaluation, when I evaluate the spiritual side of our nature, I've come to my own personal understanding that spiritually we don't really have to work at being spiritual beings, we already are. But what we have to pay attention to is what we're holding. When I had the life experiences in my childhood of abandonment and rejection, times when I had to look after my two sisters, when my mother went out, when my mother was emotionally unstable and unable to be there for me. As a child, my role, what my core belief began to develop as, what I believed I was a rescuer, I had to rescue people, I had to, I had to save people. And that is something that has followed me throughout my life and it's been very challenging in relationships where I believe that if, if I had been nurtured, maybe if I had been nurtured, if I had been given the attention that I should have got as a child, would my life have been different? I don't know. What I do know from what I'm learning from a soul perspective is that I had to go through every experience I went through to actually arrive at the place where I am now and to retrieve parts of my soul, to retrieve certain power that I have now. 
hit the old, the grand old age of 64, which is young in, in spiritual terms. Um, I had to really go through those experiences. One of the things that we're really afraid of is letting go. One of the things that we're really afraid of is the unknown. And for us to go into the unknown means that we have to go into what I call the spiritual wilderness. We have to go into that place where we don't know. We're driven by something that is really much more than us. And I remember speaking to uh, Saba Kauser um, in a former episode where we did, um, I think it was three or four episodes of uh, Victim to Survivor. And she talks about childhood abuse and she talks about how from the age of four she was passed around uh, the male members of her family and she was sexually abused right up to the age of 13. When we look at that as an example, we look at Sabah's story and we look at that as an example of how child sexual abuse, when first of all the physical body is not developed enough, the emotional body is just forming, um, so it makes sense to think of how in the shock of being raped or sexually abused um, at that level, at the physical level, when the human being, when the spirit is still connecting down into the human form, it makes sense to understand how at that pivotal moment when that happens, the soul will detach from the body. Her soul detached from her body. And, and in order for um, sexual abuse survivors to survive something like that, especially as children, they have to numb out, they have to become detached. We can go, we can find ways of reclaiming parts of our soul by going into relationships that we're attracted to that might be very similar or have some resonance to our story. Wound attracts wound, light attracts light, as they say. So can we retrieve those parts of ourselves that we've detached from. And I believe that we can, and the work of the shaman, shamanic healing is, is, is instrumental in today's world more than ever, in the ancestral link to healing of the soul, healing of the spirit. From my understanding and from what I've learned, the soul, that the spirit, comes through the crown chakra. It comes through the crown chakra and it embodies itself into the fetus. The first organ to form in the human body is the heart. And as we know, the heart is all about unconditional love. So the first chakra that is formed is the base chakra. So the spirit will be, will be in the first stages of life, the first seven years of life particularly, um, adjusting to being in the world. And by that adjustment, it means that everything that happens, be it negative or positive, good or bad, everything we soak up like a sponge, we take on board, we zone in, we, we alert ourselves to being aware of everything. It's like Teddy, my puppy, 
I'm taken in different places. I don't take him on the same walk all the time because I believe that he has to understand it's seven months old. He has to understand that the world is varied. There's varied experiences on different walks, different journeys. So each path I take him on, I notice, especially as a boy dog, he's, he's spraying more. He's cocking his leg up and, and making his mark. He's finding his way in the world and he's putting his mark down. We're no different. We're no different from, from our animal kingdom. We're no different from our nature where our trees have to go out, the roots have to go out and find their way in the world. They have to find their way in the ground and connect and root deeper and deeper. So if you can use that analogy to our spirit connecting down into the first years of life where it takes a time for the spiritual playground that we've left to actually um, for us to actually still be connected to that spiritual playground so when we talk about the children seeing their, their imaginary friends we have to listen to them and learn from them ask them what they see learn from that experience of, of children and that beautiful world that they've just come from when a child detaches and becomes an adult while it's still a child, what I see and what I've experienced in my own practice is that we get people that become rescuers, people that got tired of, um, of, of being responsible. So we can have an adult that is acting out childish behaviour. Um, and that's simply because they're really regressing back into the childhood that they didn't have. How can we move forward? How can we help ourselves to align ourselves in the process of healing? Well, the past is never going to change. What we've experienced um, in this lifetime is going to contribute to next lifetimes if you're open to that past life uh, regression is something that I love to do. I love to work with individuals that are open to past life regression and open to exploring what their past lives were about. Maybe a soul left this world um, quickly, where it was like an anchor pulled up too quickly and detached from the earth. My personal theory is that when someone comes back to learn through a, another a new journey um, it lets go of the memory of the past it lets go of another former journey so it can start a new journey and with trepidation it can almost like and I, I know someone quite close to me actually and I've, I've realized that this person is a new soul a new soul learning to be in the world and what happened to that person in the early stages of life was abandonment rejection um, a lot of detachment from the mother and what i see in that person is there there are learning difficulties that they have as an adult so it's not a bad thing to recognize when someone acts as a child but they're actually in an adult body we can see it in people that find it hard to be responsible 
And all the time we're told in society, oh, grow up, grow up and be yourself. Well, logically, from the left brain, we can we can logically see that uh, we can see that and we can recognize that. But from the right brain, the creative side, the yin side, the feminine, the soft side of ourselves, we're still in that playground. We're still wanting to be connected to the softer side of our being, softer side of our life. Leading people to recognize the loss of parts of their soul or their soul completely. And I fully understand, you know, through trauma at a physical level, at a young age, how children, young people can stay detached for a long time, where pain and self-evaluation of the self-critic and the self-judgmental self can be very dominant in the personality. The personality that is formed through the experiences where it believes this is who I am. This is who I am. My father rejected me. My mother left me. I was placed in care. I was sexually abused. I was passed around. All these stories that we can collect within our aura and we can carry throughout our life. We carry these stories and it can either make us the victim or it can lead us to spiritual, spiritual freedom. It can bring us back to the connection to our, our soul purpose. And what is our soul purpose? Well, going back to how the shackles are formed, as I said, the first seven years of life as the child learning to be in the world, the base chakra just forming, going through to the emotional field where the second chakra, the sacral sense, the sacral center, where we start to our, our, our core beliefs are formed, our creativity. We start to go to the third chakra around 14, 15, where we start to define the world through our eyes and not through what we've been told. And eventually the heart center, the heart being the bridge between our spiritual understanding, our spiritual connection and our human self. As an integrative therapist, I try to help people to understand the interconnection between the spirit and the humanness. We cannot disengage with our humanness to try to be too spiritual and vice versa. We can't try to be too spiritual by disconnecting from our humanness. Both have a place in being in the world. We don't come to our, an understanding without having the experiences, usually the painful experiences of our past. It comes to mind when I think about the Dalai Lama and in, in Tibet and where young monks are taught at a young age, you know, their initial, their, their initial um, interaction with the world is really learning to be selfless and to connect to the world as, as a whole, where we're interconnected to everything and everyone. And that becomes something that we, as people living in the West, 
we have a difficult, we have a problem with because we are not brought up in an environment that feeds us through a spiritual connection. Everywhere you go in Eastern parts of the world, in Tibet, in Nepal, when you go to those countries that are higher chakra centers where people are just automatically connected. I remember going to India and thinking this was it, you know, my life is going to change, my spiritual experience is going to make me a better person. <laughs> How far was I from the truth? <laughs> that was my perception and what I learned from going to India a couple of times. Each experience I had was one of being ripped off, being lied to, being led down the wrong path, being treated not very nicely, but in equal amounts to the spiritual humbling experience. What that brought me to was two worlds. Life in its entirety, the human experience of pain and suffering, but at the same time, side by side with the spiritual the spiritual life and the greatness and the richness of a culture, an ancient culture that teaches you from the temples of Buddhism, the temple of Buddhism um, and being in a place in, in India that was very close to, um, very close to uh, the, the, the ancient the ancientness of the country next door, which being um, the Himalayas. So our environment really can help us to heal. And this is where I believe personally that by moving around the planet and meeting people in different cultures, that is a big part in soul retrieval. It's a big part in helping us to heal those parts of ourselves that we believed at some level we weren't able to heal. So I leave you today and I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You can go to my website, wellnessjourneys.co.uk, where there's a lot of information on the work that I do. I work in Bristol, UK, but I do a lot of online sessions. Um, so you can contact me through my website, uh, Lana uh, at Lana <laughs> info at wellnessjourneys.co.uk. I am useless at giving out my social media. It's not so important to me, but I know that it's important to others that want to reach me. So please forgive me there. But wellnessjourneys.co.uk and you can reach me there. Um, or just or just go to my Instagram page, which is uh, Journeys to Wellness. Um, but thank you for joining me today. And you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel. I forgot about that. Um, so please take care and um, enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you're doing. And remember that life doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Lots of love and take care. Bye-bye. We are spiritual beings living the human experience. So it makes sense, right, that our journey in life, one of many, has to be towards wellness. All experiences, good 
and not so good eventually lead us to arrive at our authentic self through the paths that we choose to take. Healing begins when we choose to bravely step onto a new path, when we are ready to take the next step, the next journey to healing our past, to healing our traumas. This is the journey to wellness.